You're listening to Sunday Worship at Weddington Methodist Church. Find more ways to worship, fellowship, serve, study, and be supported at WeddingtonChurch.org. I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to one of the most familiar scriptures that we read in the Bible. Turn with me to the 23rd Psalm. Psalm 23. As we share together that beautiful psalm that David gives us, the Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 23, where David writes, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for this privilege now of studying it together. And God, as I stand before these, your people, I pray that this will be your message and not my own. Through the name of Jesus the Christ, amen. This is one of the most popular scriptures in the Bible. Oftentimes, when we're visiting with someone, perhaps in the hospital, is there a scripture you would like for us to read? Could you read the 23rd Psalm? When we're meeting with families, preparing funeral services, celebrations of life and faith, are there scriptures that stood out to you? Is there a favorite scripture that you would like to have as part of the service? I love the 23rd Psalm. It's one of those Psalms that speak to us in such an amazing way. It's powerful this image that we receive of God. Now, it's interesting that the Scripture talks about us as sheep because, to be honest with you, sheep were some of the most high-maintenance livestock that you could ever deal with, especially in biblical times. In biblical times, you, you didn't have electric fences to be able to keep them. Shepherds had to watch them, and they were prone to want to wander off, this one going here, that one going there. It was not the easiest thing. You had to, to know where the water is. They didn't have automatic watering systems where the sheep just knew, up here's the tub, it's always full of water. No, the shepherd had to know exactly where to take them. It's interesting that David uses this. Jesus often refers to being a shepherd as well because the shepherd had to know where is the grass? Where is, where is the food for my sheep? How do I provide for them? Where is the water that they need? And the shepherd had to protect them. The animals were there that would seek to destroy the predators that would love to find a weak lamb somewhere that it could receive for dinner. The shepherd was the one to protect it's no wonder then that Jesus says in John chapter 10, beginning of verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care for the sheep. Jesus draws a contrast. I'm the good shepherd. I will be there for my sheep. I love my sheep. I will protect you, my sheep. As a matter of fact, when we turn over in the Scriptures to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, there's a time when Jesus has been out teaching the crowds, healing the people. Multitudes of people are coming to listen to Jesus. And Matthew 9, 36 says that when Jesus saw the crowds, He had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Without a shepherd meant one was set up for all kinds of challenges. One was very vulnerable and could easily be taken advantage of or even destroyed. David, who becomes the greatest king in all of Israel, was a shepherd. We remember the stories in the Old Testament of David as a shepherd boy. And so when David looks up to heaven and goes, the Lord is my shepherd, he knew what that meant. And I want you to look carefully in your scriptures when you see that word Lord here. Many of your Bibles will have this in all caps. And one of the reasons for that is, is when you see Lord in all caps, that often means that behind it is actually the name of God. So when you look at the Hebrew here, what's actually there is Yahweh, the name of God. Yahweh is my shepherd. The reason we substitute Lord is because the commandments tell us not to dare take God's name in vain. So lest we ever take God's name in vain, it's substituted with the word Lord. But what David actually said is God Himself, Yahweh, is my shepherd. It is God Himself who provides for me, who protects me. The one who looks after my life is none other than the God of all creation. In Psalm 95, verse 7, for example, we hear these words, For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, and the sheep of His hand. And Psalm 100, verse 3, reminds us, Know the Lord is God, it is He that made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. God Himself is my shepherd, so I shall not want. Now when I was a kid, I'll admit to you, I never really understood this psalm when we would share it. We grew up hearing it in the full King James Version. And we would go, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I'm trying to think, why would anyone not want the Lord to be their shepherd? The language gets a little challenging, especially in the Old English. But what it really means is, since God is my shepherd, I will lack nothing. I will have everything that I need. God Himself will provide my needs. God will take care of me. James Mays, who is a brilliant biblical scholar, said that the primary role of the shepherd is to provide and to protect. Provide and protect. God will provide every need that I have. Now, remember, this is needs versus wants. So that doesn't mean that God's going to give us everything we want. 
But God will be there to provide every need that we have. Jesus even shared in John chapter 10, verse 10, He said, Now the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's what your shepherd, God wants to provide for you. Now, one of the challenging things is that stubborn sheep will tend to think that the pasture's greener over there and try to go looking for it. And the sad thing is, a stubborn sheep will often teach other sheep, especially their lambs, but other sheep, let's go over there and try out something different and put in danger. But David's going, no, you don't have to do that because God will provide for you. And then he moves on to say, and actually, he makes us to lie down in green pastures. Philip Keller wrote this great book many years ago. It's called A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm. Philip Keller actually grew up in East Africa, and he was a shepherd. And so he understands from being a shepherd in an environment very similar to the Middle East, very similar to Palestine, Israel, he kind of understood what it meant to be a shepherd and what they went through. And so he wrote this book from the perspective of a shepherd, one who understands sheep, and he shares that sheep will not rest unless at least four requirements are met. First thing is they have to be safe. If sheep feel afraid or timid, they're not going to rest. They're always on guard. They know they're vulnerable. There's always somebody seeking to attack them. For sheep to rest, they have to know they're safe. He said the other thing is they have to, to know that they're free from friction because with sheep, there's a pecking order. This is the dominant sheep. This is the alpha. And, and, and they make sure that everybody knows the pecking order. And there's always a move for dominance and showing where are you on the totem pole. For sheep to rest, they have to know I can lie down and rest without knowing someone's going to come over and butt me about the time when I'm vulnerable. They have to know they're free from pests, flies and parasites, other things that annoy them. And interestingly enough, free from hunger. Notice that David, the shepherd, who's riding in an area that is often very arid, says he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Green pastures are not the easiest thing to find. Shepherd had to know where they are. But for a sheep to be willing to lie down in green pastures is unusual because normally they're trying to gorge. When they find green pastures, they want to make sure they can consume all that they can consume. To lie down in green pastures is a way of going, this shepherd provided me for me yesterday. This shepherd provided for me today. And I can rest because God, who is my shepherd, will be with me tomorrow. I have faith and confidence that God will be with me tomorrow, and we're able to rest. Philip Keller says in his book that when he had the sheep, and, and if they were a little restless, he said, nothing quieted the sheep like seeing my presence in the field. When they knew that he, the shepherd, was there with them, they knew they were protected and provided for. And David shares... He makes me, one of his sheep, lie down in green pastures because I know he's here. I know he's going to keep me safe. I know that he's going to protect me. He leads me beside still waters. 
Sheep do not like to drink from rapidly running water. It scares them. Again, they're a very timid, timid animal, and so they need water that's going to be somewhat still. And the shepherd has to know where the water is, especially in some arid area. And the problem, too, is if sheep go without water long enough, they're going to find it. They're going to get restless. They're going to be on the move. They're going to become hard to deal with, hard to corral, because they are going to find that which they need. He leads me beside the still waters. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Our God, remember, God is my shepherd. God Himself is my shepherd. And He leads me beside the still waters. It's why Jeremiah is absolutely amazed and God is so frustrated early in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. Notice what God's complaint is for the people of Israel. He said, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and dug out cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that hold no water. See, that image that God is the one who provides for us the water of life and can quench our thirst, He leads me beside still waters. I love St. Augustine, and one of the famous quotes of St. Augustine was, You have made us for Yourself, O God, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in Thee. We sheep are going to be restless. We may try to find something to drink all over the place that will fill our soul, but nothing will do it like God Himself. He leads me beside the still waters, and we're going to be restless until we find our rest in Thee. He restores my soul. One of the interesting things that Keller shares in his book is this image of a cast sheep. Now, sheep have a tendency, they can get a little bit fat, so they get a little bit round, or their wool can get just a little bit heavy, and, and they start looking for a soft spot to lie down, and so they lie down on the ground, and there might be a divot in the ground, a little bit of a ditch in the ground, and next thing you know, when they lie down, they'll actually begin to tip over a little bit, and when they do, and they start working around, they'll actually go ahead and flip all the way up where their feet are up in the air, it looks ridiculous. They start trying to flail around with their feet going everywhere. All that does is builds up gases in the system. And the next thing you know, blood flow to their legs is beginning to cut off. And they can die unless they're found soon. So one of the reasons when you read the Scripture and it says that there were a hundred sheep and, and they count and there's 99, but one's missing and they go looking for it. If a predator had gone after that one, you would have heard the chaos. The one's missing. It's either straight off or it's cast. It's, it's lying down somewhere and flipped over on its back and now is helpless. One of the things Keller describes is that the shepherd will then go and find that sheep, lay it over on its side. That'll help start moving those gases, rubbing it, comforting it, whispering it to it. You're okay, girl. Hang on, girl. I got you. You're okay. 
trying to soothe it by talking to it. And then you actually get the sheep up on its feet, but it's not ready to stand up yet. So you place it there between your legs and you're kind of holding it, rubbing it, rubbing those legs, getting the blood flow going again. You let go, they wobble, may fall down again, pick them back up, hold it once again, rub, caress, you're okay. I've got you. I've got you. You're okay. Come on. Come with me. We'll go to the others. Let's go. That is restoring a cast sheep. Sometimes we find ourselves where we are just so helpless that there's nothing we can do. And David says, now God is my shepherd. God himself will pick me up and restore my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You notice that when a shepherd leads sheep, he leads from the front. The sheep will follow. Jesus said, they know my voice, they'll follow me. Shepherd leads from the front. With cattle, we tend to drive them. We get behind them and we drive them where we want to go. A shepherd goes in front. The sheep willingly follow. It's to follow versus to flee. And so all of a sudden you see, I'm leading you. He leads me. And the paths of righteousness. Because sheep will, they'll stay in the same area and walk the same path until they rut it to pieces. But God is leading you somewhere. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to be afraid. You're right here with me. We talked about this last week, so I invite you, if you missed it, listen to the message from last week of how God is always with us, that Good Fridays are real, but God is with us through them all the way to Easter Sunday. I don't have to be afraid because you're with me. You never leave us. The name Emmanuel at Christmas, God is with us. The last thing Jesus said as He ascends into heaven is, I will be with you always, even to the end of the earth. In Isaiah 41, verse 10, God says, do not, be, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you in my victorious right hand. I don't have to be afraid. One of the funny images then in the Scripture is when David says, Thy rod and thy staff, they come from me. I never understood this when I was a kid because I was trying to figure out how in the world does a rod comfort you? As a matter of fact, my parents understood that Scripture, spare the rod, spoil the child, and I was trying to figure out how in the world does a rod help until you read and understand and, and deal with shepherds to find that the rod was never used on the sheep. The rod wasn't used to to harm the sheep, it was used to protect. The rod was what was used by the shepherds to run off a predator. And shepherds would actually have competitions with each other of who could throw their rod with the most accuracy. They would carve and whittle on their rod till it fit their hand just right so that they could use it as this incredible tool for defense. Notice Moses, when you read the book of Exodus, carried the rod and God would often have him to hold up his rod and amazing miracles were used. The staff is the shepherd's crook. 
And it would be used to pick up the sheep. That was, that was used, for example, when a lamb was having trouble standing, that you could grab it without putting your human scent all over it and, and pick up that lamb and bring it over close to its mom where it could nurse. If a, if a lamb or a sheep was caught up in thickets and briars and all kinds of stuff, you could reach in, pick it up. If it had fallen down off of a ledge, you could reach down, pick it up. I don't have to be afraid. You're with me. You've got a rod to protect me. You've got a staff to pick me up. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That means you got the field ready. You, you're the one who made sure the fields were fertilized and sowed, the rocks were removed. You provided a place where I can eat. And even though enemies are around hoping that they can come in and get me, they see you there. They know you're there protecting me. And so I can eat and relax and rest even in the presence of my enemies. Because you are right here with me. You anoint my head with oil, protecting me from pest, anointing my wounds. You're the one who soothes me. You protect me. God alone, Yahweh. Yahweh is my shepherd. God Himself is the one who provides for me. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I love the old saying that, that goodness and mercy were actually sheepdogs. If you've ever dealt much with sheep, one of the things shepherd will do is they'll have sheepdogs who are always helping round up the sheep, keep them going in the right direction. We had a good friend in my previous church, Robert Howard, and he had Angus cattle at a couple different farms. And sometimes I would go with him since I grew up with cattle. I love working with them, being around them. And, and he had a dog that that was a sheepdog and, and he could whistle at that dog and it would go cut and bring the cattle and bring them to whatever, wherever he needed them to be. And someone said one time that they just read the scripture and knew that surely goodness rather and mercy, goodness and mercy were the names of the shepherd's two sheepdogs that went with us all the days of our life following us. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And then I will dwell. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, David says very clearly, not I hope, I might, maybe someday I can. I will. He's confident. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Now I want you to catch again that word Lord is all caps. Because one of the beautiful things about this psalm is it is bookended with God. God is my shepherd, provides everything that I need. And then when the time comes, I will dwell in God's house. I will live with God Himself forever. It's no wonder this is one of the most beautiful psalms and well-read psalms that we have. For David, who was a shepherd, was able to go, wow, you know what's really incredible? I've been a shepherd. I know what it means. I know what it, what it takes. I know the work that it takes to provide for the food, the water, the protection, everything that they need to be there, care for them. That is a lot of work. And you know what's really exciting? God Himself, Yahweh, God, the Lord, is my shepherd. I have everything I need. And even at the very end, 
after goodness and mercy have followed me all the days of my life, I will dwell in God's house with my God, the shepherd, forever. Jesus even said, I am, I am the good shepherd. And Jesus also said, and I prepare a place for you so that you can live with me. Hear the good news. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, you've got an incredible shepherd. For God Himself chose to love, to protect, to provide for, and even lay down His life for His sheep. In John 10, verse 14, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, my own know me. And just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Good news. The Lord is my shepherd. Amen.